You really have to start the Kalmari journey when you're ready. You can't force someone to start it. You can't force it on yourself um, because it's better to just wait if that's the issue. Uh, And I think that Marie Kondo has also said that as well throughout her books. So once you're, you know, ready to take that journey and go through the whole Konmari process, then when you finalize that and you have gone through your clothing, you're really ready to take on, okay, so how am I going to either rebuild your wardrobe or, you know, add to your wardrobe now that you finish the Konmari process so that you really have this wardrobe that you love and that fits you really well. And it really is not only for petite women, it's really for any woman who you know, really wants to love the clothing that they have in their wardrobe and have confidence each day. Welcome to Spark Joy, the podcast dedicated to celebrating the KonMari method and the transformative power of surrounding yourself with joy and letting go of all the rest. With your hosts and certified KonMari consultants, Kristen Ivey and Karen Sochi. And now, here's the show. Today's episode of Spark Joy is part one of a three-part series dedicated to Closet Joy. We'll talk to three guests who are revolutionizing the way we view fashion and style. Dr. Jessica Louie is an entrepreneur, critical care pharmacist, and an assistant professor. She is the founder and CEO of Petite Style Script and Find Your Script. With a broad background of experiences, she centers her focus on sparking joy and inspiring confidence in life. Welcome to Spark Joy, Jessica. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you, Karen and Kristen. So I'm really curious how you made this journey from being a resident in pharmacy and also a researcher and you were in the critical care field and you've had some non-fashion related uh, credentials and now you have immersed yourself in helping petite women find their style. How did you navigate that really diverse career path? Well, I definitely think it was a journey. I spent about nine years training for my profession as a board-certified critical care pharmacist. And throughout this journey, I really wanted to keep some creative outlets. And one of my creative outlets was photography. So I kept up photography. And, you know, a couple years ago, I've been out of training for about three years now. I wanted to more actively look into this creative outlet. And I've always had an interest in fashion and started following some fashion bloggers and petite fashion bloggers back in 2015. So my interest grew from there. And then it definitely was sparked by KonMari's philosophy and my KonMari journey throughout that year of 2016 as well. Very cool. I will be honest, I am nowhere near being a petite woman. I think I was about 90 pounds when I was in the fifth grade. So I've just always been like a (laughs) solid girl, (laughs) you know, not particularly super tall. I'm five foot six. Um, But I will say that my mother is definitely a petite woman. And she had uh, a lot of challenges when it came to shoes and clothes and suits. So I would love to hear some of the advice that you have for petite women who are looking to embrace KonMari and also improve their fashion and style. Yes. Uh, So as a petite woman, so I'm 5'1", about 95 pounds, and I've had a lot of trouble finding clothing for myself that has fit. And I was really frustrated as I transitioned into my career as a young professional. And that's one of the reasons why I went through the KonMari journey 
and started following other petite women, I realized that there was definitely a need to incorporate fashion for these petite women and fashion for healthcare professionals. Going back to Konmari, I think that first off, you really have to start the Konmari journey when you're ready. You can't force someone to start it. You can't force it on yourself um, because it's better to just wait if that's the issue. Uh, And I think that Marie Kondo has also said that as well throughout her books. So once you're, you know, ready to take that journey and go through the whole KonMari process, then when you finalize that and you have gone through your clothing, you're really ready to take on, okay, so how am I going to either rebuild your wardrobe or, you know, add to your wardrobe now that you finish the KonMari process so that you really have this wardrobe that you love and that fits you really well. And it really is not only for petite women, it's really for any woman who, you know, really wants to love the clothing that they have in their wardrobe and have confidence each day. That is super interesting. And I really appreciate what you just said about how sometimes when you've completed the clothing category in Kanmai, you find that maybe your wardrobe is really lacking something. And so some of the work that you do sounds like it's really designed to help petite women take a look at where their wardrobes are at and what they would like to do to um, maybe enhance the things that they've decided that, that they do have in their closets that spark joy. Can you tell us a little bit more about what the rest of your KonMari journey was like once you did clothing? How did the other categories play out for you in your home? When I first found KonMari when I was reading a news article, probably about a little over two years ago, and I was so intrigued that I went out and bought her book. And I was commuting at that time pretty often, so I listened to her audiobook on my commute. And I thought it was really eye-opening what she was saying and I actually thought it was pretty entertaining too. There were times when I just like laughed out loud in my car um, when she was reading her book and some of her statements because uh, they really resonated with me. And after her first book, I went on to read her second book and then started my tidying process. So of course, the clothing category was first. That category didn't take me too long, um, but of course, like other uh, people probably say as well, the the paper category was one of my downfalls, but I was able to get through the rest of the process. I had saved a lot of paper from my all my years of schooling and things in my training that I was able to get rid of. And then after I was done, I was really ready to share my process with other friends and family. Mm-hmm. I would say my family wasn't as ready uh, to start their own process. So that did take a while, but That was really when I thought about, you know, maybe I can help others on more of a virtual platform. So on a blog or a website, and that really is um, what then led into Petite Style Script. So it sounds as though KonMari for you, like it is for a lot of us, it was really a self-discovery journey. What did you learn about your own sense of style through the process? Did you feel like you had a good handle on your, your fashion sense or your own sense of style before? Or was that something that developed as you went through the process? I think that my sense of style stayed somewhat consistent, um, but other categories were a little bit more life-changing for me. In terms of my style, I think I realized that I was you know, investing in pieces that really didn't fit me that well and trying to make them work and kind of been shopping with sale items. So I realized that when I was buying things on sale, you know, they were a good deal, but they weren't sparking joy in my life necessarily. And I wasn't wearing them as much or even at all. So that was definitely eye-opening because I had a lot of pieces that were 
quote unquote, just in case pieces for different situations of, oh, I hope I take a vacation here and need this. Or I had moved back to Los Angeles at that time and owned a lot of winter items that I wasn't going to be wearing very often unless I went on vacation to these winter uh, places. So definitely thought that, you know, my spending habits on clothing and these extra clothing items were not necessary. And um, my style has always been pretty similar in terms of very classic, very versatile, and uh, very comfortable because I want to be able to, you know, teach and go to the hospital in Mm -hmm. comfort, but also stylish clothing that makes me feel confident in front of others and empowered. Jessica, it sounds like the Kanmari process really taught you some big lessons there and you've already changed your behavior in terms of not buying as much fast fashion or keeping things that you might need someday. Did your Kanmari experience send you some clues that led you down the path of becoming a fashion blogger? I think that, you know, it may have led me on that path a little bit more than initially before I had started the Kanmari journey. I think that through the process, I realized that I really wanted to help others, you know, have clothing that sparked joy and made them feel confident because I was a young professional at the time teaching and in the hospital setting, but I was often overlooked as being a student instead of a professor. And I thought that, you know, having clothing that sparked joy and made me feel confident also would have this outward outward appearance that, that I wanted to portray in my everyday life. And I think that leading to blogging because I wanted to help others with their own journey and to show them that you can still create outfits that you love and not limit yourself was, you know, one of the driving factors for Petite Style Script. I think it's so interesting when you talked about how your your fashion sense evolved as you became older and you wanted to be taken more seriously in your profession. I'm not a petite woman either. I'm 5'10", for starters, and I'm certainly not skinny. I would say that for the petite woman, I think sometimes it's even harder when she is at that age where she's becoming an, more of an adult because sometimes you might look younger than you are, which makes it sometimes more difficult to be taken seriously. So I, I really appreciate what you just said about that. And I really love your quote. I encourage you to invest in quality items, items you love and need and want, items that you are mindful and deliberate in purchasing because you know you will cherish them for a lifetime. That is so right on. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that quote means to you and how that kind of idea came about? Honestly, I would say that quote came initially because I wanted to hold my own self accountable after going through the Kodmari journey with my own, you know, shopping habits and clothing purchases. And because I wanted to hold myself accountable, you know, I put it out there as one of the first things I wrote on my blog to show others, this is my mentality behind, you know, petite style script. And I'm really here for others because I already own a lot of the clothing that I love, but I wanted others to own clothing that they loved and that they had invested in quality pieces because it's really about quality over quantity, in my opinion. So I know I focus on petite women, but a lot of my style tips have transitioned to general style tips with then specific recommendations about, you know, what I'm wearing or how do I make it fit on a petite woman. Uh, So definitely, if I put it out there and hold myself accountable, I hope others will also be able to hold themselves accountable. 
Jessica, on your blog, you share some great thoughts about the benefits of a capsule wardrobe. I'm very intrigued. I would put myself in the category of maybe a aspiring minimalist. I definitely resonate more with Kanbari because Kanbari gives me the permission to spark joy uh, when it comes to something that I love. I can keep as many as I want. There's no set number or minimization. A great example of this is probably my shoe collection. I uh, have about 60 pairs of shoes, which, of course, I've pared down through the Kanmari process, but it's at a point where it's it's clicking. Like, they fit perfectly in my home. The quantity itself doesn't feel overwhelming. I love every pair. So it's really hard for me to wrap my mind around narrowing and pairing back my clothing, shoes, accessories um, to the point where it would fit within the boundaries of a capsule wardrobe philosophy. I also struggle a little bit around like the uniformity uh, on a lot of the typical blogs about capsules. They uh, start to look like almost that they're shopping at the same store. Um, They're using the same kind of color schemes. And I understand that that's necessary, of course, so you can mix and match but I would get really bored with the same black jacket and, and brown shoes, you know, like I, <laughs> I need a little bit more variety and I have a little bit of a crossover with my style. Sometimes I feel a little bohemian. Sometimes I feel a little classic. So please, could you help me out? Um, help me kind of wrap my brain around this and break capsules down a little bit further for me. Definitely. I definitely think that is a common question most people pose. I mean, I think that capsule wardrobes do align very well with Konmari philosophy, mm-hmm. but I would say that I take a very modified version of capsule wardrobes into my thinking because this isn't minimalism. I don't talk about any definitive limit on the number of pieces that you can own. You know, this is more targeted towards people that are looking to rebuild their wardrobe almost from scratch at times, either because they've gotten rid of so many items during that KonMari process or because they're making a big transition where their clothing does not meet that need, maybe a career transition. I first recommend starting with this basic wardrobe, basic essentials. So if you are more casual versus, you know, completely business casual or business, you know, that really is up to you how you would create that basic wardrobe. And, you know, it does need to be, you know, classic and versatile. So, you know, sometimes that is very neutral, but you can definitely bring in your personality into that with different color schemes and prints and, you know, touch textures within pieces. And then I really like seasonal pieces. So I definitely recommend adding in these seasonal pieces that will help mix and match items with one another. And you can add in the seasonal trends, you know, especially if you love the piece and you think, you know, hopefully you think that you're going to wear it more than that one year or that one season. I definitely recommend adding in those pieces because you want to show off your personality and love those clothes that you're in. So I overall, I'm not probably the typical capsule wardrobe because, you know, it it does not need to be limiting, but I am really there to offer, you know, new outfit ideas and style tips so that you can use the pieces that you have more effectively so that you don't have maybe, you know, a hundred pieces in your closet right now and you love them all, but none of them make an outfit or it's really difficult when you're standing in your closet to form even one outfit from those pieces. So this is really taking, you know, maybe 30 to 40 pieces each season, knowing that they will form multiple outfits with one another and you can have fun playing with those outfit ideas and putting in your personality with different colors and textures. 
I love that really reducing that burden of decision making by just limiting the quantity or having pieces that work together. I think it's easier said than done, but I I'm very inspired by your suggestions. And it really gives me a little bit of relief to know that I don't have to s- stick within those numbers that I hear thrown around 30 pieces, 50 pieces, whatever it may be. Um, because when I start hearing that, that I need to stay within a certain box, I naturally kind of fight that idea. <laughs> So, yeah, you've definitely given me something to think about. And also when you were mentioning your your work wardrobe, kind of determining what you wear professionally and narrowing that down first. That's something that I've also kind of toyed around with now that I've kind of transitioned from different professions like you. I've, I've been in the engineering and science field and now I'm moving more towards the creative field and I feel like my wardrobe itself has definitely transformed. <laughs> um, different type of wardrobe now to complete and align with my vision and my career. So that's that's kind of a moving target, but this is this was great inspiration. For me, what is most important is the capsule wardrobe idea that things work together well. I certainly have a few items that are just like one of a kind, you know, I mean, as far as being one of a kind in my wardrobe, like they're not going to work with anything else and I love them and they're fine. But I definitely like to have most of my things kind of work with other things. So my pants generally tend to be a couple of different colors, maybe three different colors. And so those generally work with most of my tops or or that kind of thing. So I think that there are principles of capsule wardrobe that can be really modified to whatever the person's situation is. I also don't really have much of a need any longer for kind of the conservative clothes that I wore when I was in healthcare finance, for example. I wear very similar things when I visit clients as part of my consultant work. I have, you know, a set of tops and a set of pants that I wear, and they all work really well because there's a lot of, uh, I want to look nice doing this, but also there's a lot of um, sometimes, you know, getting in the middle of digging around in things and it can get kind of uh, very physical at times, pulling boxes down or looking, you know, digging things out of cupboards. So it needs to, it needs to definitely serve purpose, a purpose. So I think that's just one thing that I really like about this idea of a capsule wardrobe is really thinking in terms of what suits my needs. And again, in, in all of Kanmai, we're always thinking is how does this fit my life going forward? So I, I definitely think there's some really sound principles in that. Exactly. Thank you. Well, the other aspect of your work, which is so fascinating, is the work that you do in advocacy for critical care pharmaceutical work. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what kind of work you're doing in that area? Yeah. So I had first started Petite Style Script and then a little bit less than a year into it, I realized that the pharmaceutical profession, you know, was lacking some positive publicity. A lot of us as patients and consumers, we talk about some of our favorite physicians or our favorite nurses, but we rarely highlight, you know, in the public setting, some of the pharmacists that go along with their primary care provider or their hospital physician. 
So with my knowledge from Petite Style Script, I wanted to create another platform that really advocated for the pharmacist profession. So a little play on words, I created Find Your Script, and it really was about incorporating my love for teaching and providing resources, you know, to healthcare professional students and residents, and then also advocating about what I do on a daily basis as a critical care pharmacist, because I'm in the hospital setting in the intensive care unit most of the time and working side by side, a lot of these other healthcare professionals. And if you're not there, you know, working alongside me, you probably don't know, you know, what I do or, you know, some of my background or training and things. So definitely uh, getting out there and showing more about what pharmacists do besides maybe your community pharmacy that you, you know, fill your prescriptions at. So what are some of the differences between that kind of a pharmacist and the the kind of uh, pharmacy work that you do in critical care? So pharmacy is very broad. Uh, so I know a lot of us, you know, typically see our pharmacists maybe at CVS or Walgreens, uh, but that's one of several different fields that a pharmacist can pursue after their doctorate program. So the field I decided to pursue was hospital pharmacy. And in hospital pharmacy, many of us are specialized. So I went through two years of specialty residency training for critical care. Mm-hmm. And then we work alongside the medical physician as the medication or the drug expert. Because we have this extra training, uh, we can provide more information on a daily basis. So we're really there during hospital rounds. If you're ever in the hospital, hopefully many of us are not. You'll meet your pharmacist. They'll come talk to you about your medications that you're taking and, you know, what your diagnosis is in the hospital so they can help optimize those medications. And then also they understand the disease process and are working with the physicians along with the other healthcare providers, of course, um, to really come up with the best plan for you. So I hope most people are meeting their hospital pharmacist, um, but I think there is a lot of work to be done still. So there is more pharmacists in that area along with the clinic areas. So when you're going in to see your primary care provider, are you also seeing your pharmacist in the same clinic setting? And right now, I would say that less than 10% of the population is. And, you know, we definitely want to get that number much higher in the future. Is it challenging to maintain two platforms? I've found ways to bridge them together sometimes. So really my work with other healthcare companies has helped and I really love, you know, some of my healthcare or medical apparel, apparel companies that give back to those in need. So I've partnered with them not only for clothing I'd wear in the hospital setting, but also clothing that's more life wear, casual uh, type of clothing. So I'm kind of bridging the gap between the two platforms there. Oh, that's very interesting. I hadn't even thought about that as a possibility, but that completely makes sense. Jessica, it's been great talking to someone who is left and right brained oriented like myself. And you are on the other side of the Kanmari process. So we want to ask you, what is your favorite tidying tip? So honestly, my favorite tidying tip from Marie Kondo was learning how to fold. I had no idea, you know, what goes into folding and, you know, placing your clothing in different locations. So I definitely learned from that. And, you know, it seems so simple, but getting your clothing off a lot of your hangers and, you know, really learning to appreciate them and fold them properly really makes a big difference, I think. So uh, being able to organize them, 
so that they're not going to wrinkle and you have time to you know, thank them and respect each piece really makes a difference. And, you know, I still do have clothing, of course, on hangers and I've been able to find some petite hangers that work well for those specific pieces. But learning how to fold is definitely a great take home message. I completely agree. A lot of my clients, um, especially if they've only gone through one lesson, may kind of default back to old patterns before they've completed the process. The one thing that always seems to stick around is how impressed they are with the signature Kanbari folding process. So yeah, I definitely think that folding is fun. <laughs> it is. It is. It's so relaxing. I really love it. We also ask all of our guests at this very moment, what sparks the most joy for you? So right now, I would say a piece on my wall, one of my art pieces sparks the most joy. So it's actually a canvas painting from New York City, and it's actually positioned right in my kitchen so I can see it from one of my chairs that I do a lot of journaling on and you know, just thinking about my blog posts and upcoming projects so I can look up at this canvas and really think about all the memories I had from New York City. I got it from a street vendor when I was there last summer. So it definitely, you know, sparks a lot of joy in my life so that I can draw inspiration and think back to some great memories with my boyfriend and family. Oh, that sounds great. New York is an amazing place, I have to say. <laughs> so we're so happy that you were able to join us today. Jessica, thank you so much. Thank you for this opportunity. You can find Jessica and her capsule wardrobe style tips at petitestylescript.com. And her blog has a free tool which reviews Jessica's 20-piece capsule wardrobe and basic wardrobe essentials. Each season, Jessica conducts a virtual capsule wardrobe challenge, which we will link to in the show notes. You can also continue the conversation on her Facebook page and Twitter at pstylescript.com. So now we want to hear from you. Tell us your burning, tidying questions or share stories about how Kanmari has impacted your life. You can find us at sparkjoypodcast.com and click Ask Spark Joy to leave a question or comment for a chance to be featured on next week's show. While you're there, sign up to join our Spark Joy podcast community and get notified when each episode airs. You can also join the SparkJoy Podcast community on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at the handle at SparkJoyPodcast. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope your day sparks joy. Thank you for listening to Spark Joy with your host, Kristen Ivey, of For the Love of Tidy in Chicago, and Karen Sochi of The Serene Home in New York City. Spark Joy, the podcast is not endorsed by or affiliated with Conmari Media Incorporated. The opinions expressed on this episode represent the views of the co-hosts and guests alone and do not represent the corporate position of Conmari Media Incorporated or the Conmari Consultant Community.